Hi, I'm Tom and I started an agency. The last episode was a very brief episode about how I approached running things with a, a young child at home. This episode is slightly back to business and is how we approach working with freelancers. So in previous episodes, we talked about the sort of U, the USP of, you know, being experts and crafters and having this network of highly skilled professionals to lean on to build bespoke teams for, for client projects. I guess the first thing to address is that we do, we, we now have a member of staff in the team. So that, that sort of led to some questions from some people saying, oh, I thought it was just going to be you supplementing with um, experience when needed. The reality is that it, we are still going to form bespoke teams when enough work comes in to, I guess, sort of dictate that we need resource in-house to manage those projects. And that, that's kind of what we'll do. Um, but we're still very much leaning on skills and specifically sector experience where it's needed. So the ethos of the company is very much that it's better to, if we're going to talk money, better better to make less money on a project and deliver it exceptionally well because that good work will lead to more good work. So that's very much how we approach everything we do is that if we need to get someone in who, you know, has 10, 15, 20 years experience working in a manufacturing industry and the marketing side of it, then we need to get that person in. Whether whether that's a training session or whether that's a consultancy or whether it's physically doing some work on the account, it's our belief that that will lead to excellent work. And it's one of the holes and one of the reasons why we have our proposition is that I just personally don't think it's possible for an agency to have every skill and, and in experience in every sector in-house. So the idea is, you know, that we can kind of take on all work for all people by using this model. It does impact profitability. So that's why, that's obviously why a lot of people don't do it because it is, if we're being honest, it is cheaper to hire someone, cheaper and easier to hire someone in-house. It's easier to manage. It's more cost-effective. But yeah, it's that it's that back to that belief that good work good work gets good work. So where the position we're in now, we need that experience to be brought into the project via the network. Uh, since since day one, I started a list of people that I knew and their um, experience and the skills they could offer, um, and then started to fill that out more by having well Zoom calls in the end to sort of get to know get to know them a bit more if I didn't know them properly um, and to understand their day rates and things like that. And then since that point, especially since we launched, obviously we've um, we do get quite a few direct emails from from various freelancers telling us who they are, what they do, um, and every email I hopefully have replied to and, and tried to have a conversation with those people. Um, they go into a, that list and that that just builds and builds and builds. I guess if I had a tip for how to get noticed on on that uh, some of the best ones i've had through have been i've had i've had attachments or within the body of the email i've just had a couple of examples of work they've done i think as nice as it is just to say hello and things like that it is great if i can just see very quickly oh this person works in this industry has done this and done that it makes it very easy for me then to refer back to for specific projects um you know and propose a, a chat like you know make it make it easier for for us, us a team if it's me or if it's someone else here just to just say yeah okay we'll have a quick chat don't just leave it at, oh here's hello here's who i am what i've done bye let's 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 talk it's it's much much easier in terms of once we've sort of picked a team and how we manage it, it i guess it's relatively simple it's 
a case of we have a Slack a Slack channel for each a Slack group for each um, project, and within there will be the clients and the little mesters, so our staff and and the sort of the any any members of the network they're in there. We all I always talk to freelancer first before starting any work, and there's always a period of you know scope of work because one. One thing we don't want to do is to have a confusion around, you know, what's who's delivering what and what's expected. So there's, while it might seem very formal, that that scope of work has been extremely useful so far in in sort of setting expectations and making sure that everyone in that team knows what they're doing and and, and when. And on that note, you become a mester if you work with us. So yeah, I mean, in in my head, I would I would love it if people years down the line were really excited to work on a project with us and then little, getting a little mester's offer was something that you know, was something, oh, cool, they've approached me to do to do some work with them. Um, and that's kind of how we want it to be. So you'll, we treat freelancers and um, smaller agencies as part of our own team, as part of, you know, come in, well, in better days, come and sit in the office with us and, and if you want to and, you know, chat with us and come for a, like staff drinks with us and things like that. Obviously can't do much of that now, but that we will be doing when, when the time comes. And yeah, that, that's, you know, we are looking to form long-term relationships. We do, we do have that now with people who do, for example, like SEO audits for us. You know, there's there's partners there, and there's people that we work with several times, and and that and that that helps. But good good people. So I guess this is maybe a, a list of things that make it difficult. Good freelancers get booked up. There's no getting around that. That's not to say people who've got availability are bad, but you know, you're more a really good freelancer, and if they're sticking to just being on their own, has a has a finite amount of time, and quite rightly. Um, if I could give one another bit of advice, please don't say yes to work that you know you just about can't fit in. I've done it, you've done it. It's just it. That's one of the problems. Um, is sort of, is not just availability, but making sure that you can do the work and still be happy doing it because that's the way we kind of want to work here and want to work with people that have got the time to do it. And I guess that's from a, con- a contactable sense as well is that you do need to be fairly contactable. Um, the Slack channel helps. If it's easier, we do a WhatsApp group as well, but. This is something for later, but I guess it reflects back to the flexible hours we're trying to introduce here that we need setting core hours for availability or planning meetings in advance really does help. I guess finally, from a I guess from my from the business perspective, there are quite a few freelancers who have a day rate which is above our agency rate, to be honest. It may, maybe it won't be now, but there might be similar. But certainly in the first couple of months of um and this is back to my mistake of pricing it wrong and one of the reasons it was hard to grow. Was just that I found that some that some day rates were um, made it really really difficult to do to do to work with. But that, I guess that's my problem and not <laughs> not yours. You charge what you're worth at the end of the day. I think that's how we work with freelancers. I think that's pretty much it summed up. Hopefully it was um, it was useful. And if you ever want to sort of email me or email anyone on a team to chat about it in more detail, always always happy to hear about um, better ways of working and, and and sort of any queries you have. Uh, in the next episode and final episode of season one, we're going to quickly cover how we decided to hire a first employee.